1: Imagine if you could shop the shelves of all your local liquor stores at the same time? Well, spoiler alert, you can with Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code SAVE5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D R I Z L Y dot com.
0: Hello and welcome to Golazo, the Mexican football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, uh, Bryce Dunn, and joining me, as always, we have Manu Vet. Manu, how's your week been?
2: Golazo, <laughs> it's been pretty good. Um, yeah, busy. You know, Bryce, we just talked about it. I'm heading to Russia on Friday, and um, it's been insane. Uh, really you know we're doing all the previews we have all the previews on the all the individual countries on footballgrad.com and we're starting to roll out the individual game previews now so yeah busy really busy and then trying to set up all the logistics for going there and um, exciting but very busy but yeah i mean it's it's good footballgrad is going to be in russia andrew flint and i're gonna try to cover as many games as possible so that i guess is very exciting and uh, it's going to be really a lot of fun, really. Next time we'll talk, right, Bryce? it will be from Russia. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've obviously got a lot going on. I
0: mean, you're know, obviously running, running the football grad network is going to keep you busy. But you're you're going to be in Russia. Obviously, Bayern signed. Uh, you know, had a big signing today. You're obviously involved with, uh, as everyone else, uh, I'm sure would know, uh, involved with uh, German football and uh, the Gag and press podcast with myself. Uh, so yeah, you've, you've had quite a lot on, and we've got plenty to talk about, uh, and all things Mexican football as well. Actually, Mexico are going to be one of the sides of the Confederation Cup as well. Uh, are you or one of your team going to catch a few of their games?
2: Yeah, we we're not going to actually be able to cover any of the Mexico games. It's simply because the way the uh, tournament is structured, we're not going to be able to do it unless they, of course, uh one of the semi-final sides, which could be right. It's all prediction. Um, we have, of course, the football grad special podcast that came out yesterday where we cover the entire confederations cup. The, we, Tim, Andrew, and I, we have the predictions of the different groups and, uh, Andrew and Tim, slightly positive or, um, you know, positive outlook towards this Bonaia, the Russian national team, hoping that they're going to get through to the elimination stage or in the expense of, um, Mexico which i don't believe is going to happen because i think mexico are too strong uh, stronger side than russia right now and you know you know my background Bryce. I, I started doing all of this with a focus on russian and ukrainian football right so i have my heart is very much connected to, to russia and ukraine and um i really much feel for russia right now because they're going through a rebuilding process but i just don't think they're strong enough and i i have Mexico goes through to the to knockout stages which would mean that we'll see them in the semi-final because we're going to cover uh, the opening game we're going to cover three group stage matches uh, in Moscow and then we're going to cover the semi-final in Kazan and we're going fi- to cover the the final on the ground uh, in St Petersburg and then Andrews of course going to Portugal against New Zealand on top of that so you know we're gonna to have tons of games um from all over really um on the football grad network um all these articles are gonna come up on all these three different pages mexico is gonna be of course one of them and i think mexico are gonna go deep in this tournament they have of course won the 1999 edition that they hosted and i think they're going to have um the ability to go deep here in this tournament for sure
0: do you think possible winners
2: yeah, my predictions is um, Chile against Germany final. And that's possible because the two of them are in the same group, right? And um, they, don't, they can't play each other in the semi-final. And I think those are the two strongest sides. But that said, um, you know, Mexico are one of the four sides I expect in the semi-final. And um, given the fact that Germany are not taking this tournament as serious um as they usually would, because you know we're a highly experimental side. Something that we discussed with Gegenpressing uh, and on Football Ground podcast. And um, Mexico is sending the A side, and you know South American teams, the Latin American teams, that tend to take this tournament a lot more serious than their European counterparts. So why not? It could definitely happen. Yeah, I know when
0: we spoke to uh, John Arnold uh, earlier the week uh, on Twitter, uh, he. He kind of suggested that, didn't he? That uh, the Mexican side will, will be taking it more seriously, he feels, than a lot of the teams, and it's uh, including the European side. So, um, yeah, but between the two of you, you could very well be right, and they could be dark horses, and uh, yeah, we'll certainly have to
2: try and get John on at some point, won't we? Well, he said he's going to come on, so we'll get him <laughs> on. <laughs> so, we're holding him to that another person that we uh, I have high hopes for is Tom Marshall, who I have a lot of respect for he uh, we've chatted recently on the football grad um, via football grad and on my personal Twitter and um, we are gonna we're planning you know, to meet up in, in Russia because he's there so hopefully we can get him on to uh, I think there's a lot of interesting content coming on our network over the next two weeks I mean there's always interesting content we always try to keep it interesting um, but there's a lot of stuff gonna come in the next two weeks especially on this tournament and we're gonna be able to make a lot of connections that will help us grow even more so i'm excited for russia i'm excited to cover mexico among others and at this tournament and i think um it's it's going to be a lot of fun
0: yeah definitely uh, i look forward to having the different guests on here and um as as you mentioned uh tom marshall and uh john arnold if, if you're just getting into liga mx I definitely give these guys a follow on uh, on Twitter. They've they've got loads of good articles and they they cover it intensively all the time, don't they? So um so yeah, definitely check them out. But also us, more most importantly. But uh, yeah, we're we're gonna t- um, we're gonna start off today. I think um, after we've kind of covered the uh, Confederations Cup there, uh, we're gonna start off with the uh, draft. We we kind of finished um our pod last week, didn't we? Uh, as the draft was uh, taking place, and uh, some teams obviously more active. Than others, but um, it it seems like uh, a, a team that had a bit of a bad day. Really was um, was uh, club uh, Tijuana. I mean, w- what can you say about uh, about their dealings? I mean, I would have to say with the players that they've had leaving after having a fairly decent uh, campaign, it, it's going to be a very difficult uh, difficult year for them, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it definitely seems so. Um, unless they are planning to do something very big on the international transfer market, they appear to be the major loser of this draft. Um, I remember we when we spoke on the on the on the draft while it was going on on last week's podcast. They lost Moreno, right, Bryce? Um, literally while it was happening, mm-hmm. we were saying like, "Oh my God, they just lost him!" and that's a that's a massive loss for mu- for me um, and. I think we're still trying to figure out what exactly happened there because they also lost um, the head coach, Herrera, who is, of course, Miguel Herrera, is a very controversial figure in a lot of ways. But it's it's sort of really hard to keep track of, you know, and judging what happened there. And, you know, I think losing Hurtado is is a major loss for them. But i I just trying to figure out, really, how are they going to... To, to compensate that, of course, Avilés Hortado was 30 years old, but big Colombian striker, um, very, very good in scoring a lot of goals for them. And I think statistically as well, he had he was the best dribbler in the league last year. Yeah, so I'm transfer feed it, got uh, 7.30 million euros. I'm looking here right now, so that's about, I guess, nine million dollars, right? Um, for American American listeners that's that's a good decent amount of money so my suspicion was that they when i saw all these numbers coming in and out I, my suspicions were that that they were planning to do something big maybe bring in players from abroad and you know they have that link with the us i think people that don't quite understand the geography here right is that tijuana is part of the uh, san diego um, metropolitan region so um it's a very a club that almost transcends borders because they're the, not only the biggest club in Tijuana, they're also the biggest club in San Diego, which is across the border in the United States. And for those of you kind of trying to understand that there's a good documentary on this, on Colos um, and the, the fan support that they get from the Yankees, the American supporters that cross the border every weekend to, to watch their game and su- watch the, the team and support them. And I think uh, Holos was also the first team to actually make it to a title page of a major the first soccer team or football team to make it to a title page of a major American newspaper when they won the, the championship a few years ago. So it's a team that transpires borders. And because of that, they always attract a lot of American born players um, and players from abroad. So maybe they're planning something big, but Miguel Herrera gone. A lot of the big name players gone. Um, it, doesn't look so great, especially with Miguel Herrera, right? That's um, something that when when we prepared for this pod, Bryce, kind of kind of made us wonder a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it definitely did. I mean,
0: Miguel Herrera, I mean, a rather controversial figure in himself. I mean, a a lot of uh, new listeners or uh, you know people new to uh, Liga MX are so probably thinking, who's he? It's just another name. But you might remember when he uh, managed uh, the Mexican side uh to two thousand and fourteen World Cup. Actually he got them to the knockout stages. Uh rather stocky would be a way to put it politely, um character, um very fiery, very animated on the sideline. I think um a lot of people remembered him over most of the other coaches there and found it quite entertaining to watch, maybe as entertaining as the the football on, on the field, you know. Uh so obviously um he, he had a pretty good year didn't he with uh Tijuana. Uh, they got to you know the gear. Um They they looked they looked fairly good. Um, I, a little bit obviously surprised to hear that he had moved on, but um, he's returned to uh, Club America. Uh, yeah, obviously I've said returned. You a know, side that he's been at before. So uh, they got a new uh, president and and he uh, then appointed him. So um, I mean that that's, that's going to affect them. I mean they they had an experienced coach there. Uh, One that looked to be uh, building quite a strong side, but I mean, obviously he's gone. um, (laughs) Sorry, before we move away from him, I mean, there's been a few um, controversial uh, moments with him, hasn't there? Um, uh, I think it almost looked like earlier in the year that, um, he could have went, say, if the club weren't doing as well on the pitch. I mean, um uh, I it, Manu, you and I discussed, um, uh, he had one incident where he was swearing at the fans at the side of the pitch, <laughs> wasn't he? Um, and if anyone wants to know why he left the Mexico position was, um, he, I think he just won the Gold Cup and a few days later, um, there was, uh, well, there was a reporter that was rather critical of him and, um, I said that there was allegations of him, uh, getting into, well, fisticuffs with him, but Manu, you had heard that he had, he just outright headbutted him. So, um, th- this is the type of player he is. He's definitely fiery, uh, very good coach, but yeah, he comes with, um, yeah, a bit of controversy, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, now that he's, um, he's departed, uh, I mean, th- th- they've appointed a, a, a new manager, less experienced, uh, and they've lost a lot of players, and it's it's going to be a, a tough year for them, I feel.
2: Yeah, it looks like rebuilt, um which is, of course, a very American term. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they're going to do because, obviously, um, one of the things that teams like to do over in in, in North America, and I, I kind of threw Mexico into that a little bit because they're very much influenced by the U.S., U.S. market is that when uh, when something doesn't work for a few years, they are going to sort of tear down the house and try again. And uh, Tijuana was very good the last few seasons. You know, they finished the Aperture the and Clausura in first place and then crashed out of the playoffs early on. I think maybe the, the feeling there is a little bit at the moment that, well, what we had isn't working. Um, Miguel Herrera, um, got a big money offer from club america club america one of the two biggest teams over in mexico and you know when they come calling it's um, something you don't really say no to so maybe he just figured well this is my big chance to to manage one of the biggest sides in mexican football and there's been talk about him maybe going to the united states even i guess that's now off the table but um i guess rebuild really Right, Bryce? That's really what's happening now.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be the case. I mean, if, if you look at maybe the players they brought in, I mean, some people were a little bit critical at, um, Jose Antonio, uh, Rodriguez, um, who hasn't really been known for his goals. Uh, they, they brought in a, a quick w- winger, uh eh, Cuero, Uh, and then actually, uh, I suppose the, the most promising, um, probably addition that they've made is, uh, Mendoza from, uh, Chiapas uh chap pass side the wheels we'll talk about in uh in due course but yeah there, there's there's gonna be um i i think it's gonna be a difficult time for them It might quite possibly be uh, a rather big rebuild job there but um unfortunately in a league m um, x quite often uh coaches don't give a very long time, so it's uh they're rather impatient um, hence the the structure of the league right i mean you play each other once and then you go to a knockout and you win you know the the cup i mean it's 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 a very quick turnaround so a quick league lots of goals very exciting if you don't hit the heights that are expected then you can be thrown out quite early uh it, it's it's going to be an interesting year for them uh, but i mean we we mentioned um before we came on the pod as well that there's a bit of uh, there was a bit of controversy earlier in the year wasn't there with uh, Tijuana, with uh, one of their youth players uh, as well in a Daniel Gomez, and that kind of got us talking about um, other topics within uh, Mexican football. Uh, D- Daniel Gomez, for anyone who didn't know, uh, back uh, at the start of April, the 5th of April, a uh, youth, youth player, 21 years old, uh, was caught um, taking uh, £48 pounds of uh, meth um, over the border into the U.S., and yeah i mean this kind of uh i mean it was found in 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 the boot of his car in in the uh in the tire and it got us kind of talking a little bit about the uh the drug involvement uh uh, and the cartel involvement in mexican football which um as much as it's run very well the the league uh there's still a little bit of uh, a little bit of an issue It's, it's, it's hard to kind of put your finger on how to um how to describe it isn't it manu i mean maybe you can help me with that
2: oh that's kind of like mentioning the trying not to mention the elephant in the room right i think anyone who's interested in this topic i i highly recommend reading don winslow's books on the drug cartels in mexico it's the the most accurate uh descriptions i've had on how the drug cartels Operate in Mexico and mm, how they operate, but are also to a certain extent can be involved in Mexican football. Very good reads, very excellent, very excellent books. Uh, very long books, so you all have you are committed to it. Um, you know we like to give a little bit of suggestions and recommendations. Um, the Cuervos, the the television show on Netflix, is one that we recommended last week um, for a more serious read. Don Winslow. And his art his books on the drug hotels are certainly one that I would recommend for anyone who wants to get more more involved in the football but yeah um the elephant in the room is Mexico has a major drug problem, and we we talked about Tijuana. Uh, another side, of course is that has almost got promoted this year is Hores, and they didn't go up in the end, but we'll probably see them in, in a few years. Um the URS is of course was the murder capital of the world at one point, And um they still have professional football there. And I think that is something, you know, we're always on football Garage. This is this is something that I set out when I first got started on FootballGrad.com, was to inter- the interconnection of politics and football. We are not only about politics and football. We try to do a lot of other things, but um, I think with Mexico, that's something that we have to talk about. And this is this is a reality. And uh, this kid got caught with forty eight pounds of crystal meth um, on the border to the United States. It is a sad reality and I think you every once in a while you get these uh, allegations uh, I think Cara tower right Bryce was one club that was um sort of alleged to be involved with uh, with the drug money um football sadly is the best way um I always joke to to my family football and restaurants are the best ways to to wash money um we're not making we're make, not making suggestion that this is happening because we don't you know it's hard to prove these things but it's just it, it's hard to separate the, t- the two issues in a country that is so involved with with these uh politics and i mean we we talk we, we we're talking about it. i just read an interesting really interesting article on uh Borderland beat, which is uh, a block out of the United States and Mexico, and as Mexican soccer remains tainted by links to drug trafficking, it, it's a very long article, um, you know. But I don't want to get into too much detail, But just a few snippets. In July two thousand three, the Mexican authorities arrested Carlos Alvarez, another Colombian who played for Necaxa, as he tried to leave the country with almost one point three million in cash. Swe- sweating heavily, the police. Say, police, he was taking the money to Colombia on behalf of Memphis Amelie Rios, who was a drug lord, and uh, knew only as Nel necro. Um, Lara, who was another drug lord, negotiated transfer for transfer, and then later denied all the involvement you know, of the money. Um, we go back, and th- there's tons. The, the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, want Mexican and Colombian authorities of money laundering in Mexican soccer. Uh, specifically clubs in the Caja, Santos Laguna, Puebla and Salamanca FC. Um, you know, this is this is just the reality of it. Um it's it's happening in these in this area and the Mexican government, I I've, I've been recently to Mexico and it's an amazing place and you don't notice the things that are happening behind closed doors, but it is the, the reality of on the ground. And I think every once in a while um football can't really disassociate itself from the reality. And that's what happens right bryce I think this is this is a perfect example of that
0: yes, yeah, so you mentioned um you know, the involvement uh of this player uh Carlos uh, Alvarez, uh the Colombian player who's playing for uh Macaxa and uh you, you who was arrested in in July two thousand and three for smuggling one point three million uh dollars uh into Colombia or at least attempting to. Uh, and this was a, a, at a time where uh, a guy Turso Martinez Sanchez was uh, one of the one of the main players, one of the main owners of uh, Cotaro. uh and he was then later arrested uh, in 2014 you know, for the importation of a narcotics distribution and transportation organization uh, of 76 metric tons of cocaine over the years. What? How much? Seventy-six metric tons of that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this is just one example. Yes, money laundering happens all over the world. We're not going to say that it's just in Mexico. I'm sure it happens in many of uh, countries. Uh, But you know that this is just another example, and that's part of the article that that you mentioned, uh, Manu. You know, it's it's only when you start to look into a few. uh, a few articles you'll know, left a few stones then you know you see what's underneath and it seems like there there is a bit of an issue there uh what can be done about it i suppose it's down to the authorities to to step in and do something about it but it's 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 very difficult you know with uh, investors to clubs uh, these days uh i mean we see all sorts of investors don't we come out of um you know different countries Invest their money and have they made it in in a true and innocent way? Quite possibly not, you know. Uh, I mean, there's obviously a bit of drama with
2: 1860. Oh, don't mention any investors with that. eh?
0: 1860 (laughs) Munich, yeah. But I mean, you know, that's that's one of the many many clubs around the world that we could mention. And, you know, what, what's, what can be done about it in Mexican football? I don't really know what the answer is. Uh, Manu, do, do you see, I mean, obviously you're a specialist in many, many areas, uh, you know, football around the world. Uh, but do, do you see similar kind of things happen, um, uh, well, in Germany, in Russia, in, in anywhere else?
2: Yeah, You know, the, the big one is, of course, the uh, the recent example of the football leagues, right? Uh, it's a topic that we've covered quite a lot on footballgrad.com. The the way player transfers are used to put in investments, the, the fact that everything is an asset now, I think, opens the door for this. It's difficult. It's really hard if you're a football fan and to, to sort of close your eyes to it. Because we, we realize that this this is happening, right? I mean anyone who opens their eyes a little bit to it and understands that football is a very good way for for washing money. The the amount of money that gets uh put through in transfers is so ridiculous high at the moment that we um it's it's not transparent in 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 many times or most times. I mean the, the recent case of Cristiano Ronaldo shows this. And that, of course, opens the doors in a country that's already volatile, like Mexico, to for people that are involved in other parts of businesses um, that are not always legitimate. To say it as diplomatic as possible, to to use this, and this doesn't mean the clubs are necessarily involved. It just means that it, this is happening in a way that, you know, because we have agents. We nowadays, how how many how much money do agents get on transfers? The amount of transfers that we see every year and the amount of money that's being moved back and forth between clubs is is a lot. We're talking about a billion, billion dollar business. And when you when you look at the average agent nowadays that receives 10% of the fees, we don't necessarily know what happens with this money, how that money gets taxed, etc. So it's a very good way to, to wash money. And when I say wash money, it's... Um, for drug cartels, the most difficult thing about earning money with, with drugs is not necessarily the selling the drugs or finding uh, a way to smuggle the drugs. These things are actually relatively easy. What is very difficult is to uh, what to do with the, all the money that you earn from making drugs because you make a lot of money. Now, you just... Most people think you can just put that on a bank. That's not possible. It doesn't work that way. Because the moment you put it on a bank, your money gets traced. The tax authorities step in and ask you, where did you get this money from? Then, of course, you have to pay taxes on it. And then at the moment you have to pay taxes on it, you have to declare it, which means you have to actually state how you make your money. Now, this, this is difficult. Um, that means that people oftentimes bury their money, they, they, they hide it around the country. Um, good examples the the the, docu- the movie documentary on Narcos on Netflix. If you if you want to find out a bit more about what what drug hotels actually have to do to wash their money. It's not easy. So that's um, football clubs and restaurants, I always I say that's a good way to wash money because it's very hard to trace uh the, the 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 cash flows, right? So you can you can invest money and then you take a bit out, you tax it, and all of a sudden it's clean. So that's I think why you see it that much. And I think um people are very innocent when you think that this doesn't happen around the world. But of course, you know Mexico the 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 political situation in Mexico is the way it is. The the war on drugs instigated by the United States is affecting the politics of the country and if you go to mexico city or the southern part of the country you're not going to see very much of that but when you go up north on the border regions where tijuana is part of it when you go to sinaloa when you go to juarez it's a daily occurrence and more people die there than in the wars in afghanistan and iraq and i think that is just the reality uh football in, in a lot of ways always reflects the reality on the ground um, this is when I got into Russian-Ukrainian football. That was always the reality, you know. When I when I wrote on and reported about those games, there, the 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 politics involved very much affected the way um, the clubs operate. And it's the same in Mexico. So I mean, this is not a huge surprise. Prize.
0: No, de- definitely not. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what can be done about it. I mean, can, can you come up with? any solutions as to what can be done i mean more regulate these kind of things i mean you mentioned about uh transfers and they're being a little bit shady with agents and that i mean i suppose uh i was going to say to our european listeners but to the listeners around the world i mean i don't think anyone really knows how much barcelona paid for for neymar or that that's the way it seems right you know and that's one of the biggest transfers in the world if it's just a player going from one Mexican club to another for a few hundred thousand, uh, in comparison to, you know, a you know, hundred million or whatever, you know, surely that can just slip under the radar. Uh, but I mean, what, what do you think, um, can be done about this? Do you think more, you know, I, I don't know, more checks or mm. I, I don't even know what to begin really.
2: It's difficult. I mean, the, the U.S. government put in the Clinton list, which uh, affected heavily Colombian clubs um which meant the bank accounts were frozen right i i don't know if that would work here um agents there's regulations for agents third party ownership regulations of course but then of course there's positive aspects about third party ownership i i'm not sure Bryce i think that the football is sadly a business that attracts certain people because everyone in the world loves football right and therefore it it reflects every part. Every person of a society is reflected in football. And so, you know, when you go into a stadium and you you will have 20,000 people, these 20,000 people in that stadium will be a socioeconomic and cultural reflection of that region of the world. And I I think um, that means that, you know, clubs are very much the same. There's so many people involved in football clubs. Um, and a lot of parts of the world, football clubs, are membership clubs. So, you know, they, they they attract the exact socioeconomic, cultural people of that region. And I think that makes it very hard. Um, I think transparency could help. But whether there is an actual interest in that, I I have my my doubts. I mean, this is this is really our next topic, isn't it? I mean, we're we'll, we're talking about drug money and uh, really transparency and all that. But the one of the big topics today is Chapas on our podcast, a team that got the team that did get relegated. Yeah. And if you want to understand relegation in Mexican football, I, I urge you to listen to our last part because we explained it. Because it's not easy, right? It, it's it's a very difficult. Process. You don't get relegated if you finish last in that one particular season. It has to be last over the last three. But they got they got relegated and they folded. They're gone, right, Bryce?
0: Yeah, that's it. I mean, it was Manu says you know go back to our first pod and you know, at least uh, the. Kind of the rules of the, or the way the league's set up is, um, explained there. And, yeah, Chapa's uh, in the last game of the season, uh, lost out to Morelia. Morelia beat, um, Monterey, uh, managed to get into the knockouts, uh, went through. But that meant that, uh, Chappas, uh, unfortunately went down, uh, on an aggregate over three seasons. And, yeah, now, now no more. But, um, uh, what we're gonna talk about is, um, a lot of people were asking, well, what exactly happens to the players? You know, are these players free agents or, or where are they going? And um, after doing a little bit of research um, uh, and I went to Reddit uh, of all places, somebody has very kindly um, made an article and broke down just exactly what is going on with these players. And it, it's quite fasc- fascinating, actually. Uh, I mean, Manu and I were wowed by every paragraph, I think, as as we went down just exactly what was happening. Uh, so So... I mean they haven't officially been announced uh they folded because of financial uh problems, but they haven't actually been uh declared bankrupt yet um so w- so what does this mean for the players well there were there was quite a few players um it turns out that their contracts were up um or the fact that they were relegated uh meant that their contracts were then void uh there was uh numerous players and uh, the list was unbelievable how many uh loan players they actually had um leaving um well, only only a few players after this. I mean, there's the one player that um, well, there are two players left by the end of this. Uh, one player um hadn't really played um a league match for them since uh, before Christmas, and it turns out that he's now a football player. So he's more of staff. Um, he's more got involvement with the academy towards the end. So so nothing's really going to happen to him. He's just lost his job, unfortunately. Um, Jonathan uh, Fabro, uh, he has kind of um. Well, he's in a bit of a sticky situation, uh, for the reason is that he didn't get, um, another club during the drafts. And you can only go to one Mexican club to another one, uh, within that draft period. Uh, it was extended, uh, to any of the Chiapas players that needed, uh, more time. They, it was extended to, uh, September 4th. But, uh, unfortunately, he's, uh, in allegations at the moment, um, with a, a young girl in argentina sexual assaults so i i don't really see him getting a club or a club investing in him until that's resolved and maybe he's acquitted of it uh but the players that were on loan this was probably the most fascinating thing i found manu and you you seem quite entertained by it as well so so the players that were on loan some of them the contracts had had expired and they went back to to their their hope you know, to their their owner club as such uh, the other players that their contracts were still going uh, you know this loan was contract was still going it turns out that um, they can either return to their uh, their owner club uh, and go out and look for another side or just sit in the squad for them or they can actually until Chiapas are made bankrupt they can just sit around and twiddle their thumbs and still get paid. They're still owed money until actually made bankrupt, which which is just unbelievable that's, that that would happen. I, I mean, Manu, have you ever heard of anything like that?
2: Well, this is, this is uh, a case of insolvency law, uh, something that I've dealt with quite a lot recently, dealing with 1860. Um... <laughs> Unfortunately... <laughs> unfortunately so i'm slowly becoming an expert of course insolvency law is very different depending on the country right (laughs) i mean uh, i think most players have an interest to get out of there um it's it's a tricky situation because the way insolvency law works is that you're trying to stick around and fulfill your contract because if you fulfill your contract um, the, when the club gets dissolved, made insolvent, the uh, creditors and players will become part of a list of creditors. The the They will become a part of a list of creditors and let's say 10% of the assets are still available, then the players will receive 10% of the salary that they still own to, right? Now... It it will depend how much money there's going to be left over on assets and what was going to happen to the the club the structures the stadium etc. I believe the stadium is actually owned by the state of Chappas, so uh, there's not going to be any money from that. Um, it depends then on transfer sums that are still available, but I I have my, my guess is that there isn't going to be much money left in the um insolvency pool which is the money that's left over and then will this be distributed evenly among the creditors so let's say uh five percent or six percent of the assets are left over i think those players will be better off finding a new club um leave the club on a free transfer and sign elsewhere because you know um chances are very low that they're going to be um really left with very much money um, or gave him very much money from what's left uh, in assets at the club. Um, But yet, it's it's still a fascinating case. I mean, you don't have it often that a club gets relegated and then decides to fold, and I guess they will restart because there's a stadium, there's a facility that has to be filled in a lower division. Um, Sadly, these days, I'm all too familiar with that kind of behavior. But Uh, My guess is that Chappas will be back probably under a different name, under a different ownership in the same stadium. Um, But for those players, it's now the hard time starts to find uh, different clubs.
0: Yeah, and that's it.
2: Many of us uh, around the world have been
0: in in positions where we've. Have maybe lost a job or been made redundant, and it's 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 never pleasant, and it's it's always a bit of a stressful time on the players and the and the players' family. So, uh, good luck to all of them. Um, as as I mentioned, though, uh, it turns out that one player, uh, Luis Angel uh, Mendoza, um, or nicknamed Quick, who plays in the right wing for them, and t- was one of the the promising players for Chiapas. Um, he, he, who's you know he's he's only played twenty games, so I'm sure, but he's he's now 27 but uh, i mean he's kind of a bit of a hopeful and it's good to see that he found another club uh in in cholos and maybe he'll have a bit of a bright future at a more promising uh club i suppose even though we've just said it's a bit of a rebuild project there but yeah it's definitely an interesting side or interesting time for both sides really isn't it uh manu um well, so I think we we need to kind of address uh the other big news in uh, Mexican football was that finally the uh, the fixture list was uh, announced uh, and I mean obviously the the games are going to start uh, again on the uh, 21st of July so yeah you won't have long to wait, uh, and it means that the final uh, will happen on the seventh and the tenth of December. So yeah, it's it's starting quite early, which is great for anyone. That's...
2: No Christmas final, though. I'm sad no, about that. <laughs> that's a little bit sad. It'll
0: all be done and dusted by uh-huh. by Christmas, but it does mean that we don't have very long to wait before all of a sudden your competitive games are back on. <laughs> um, I mean, we said that um, you know Bundesliga, the Premier League, uh, La Liga, Sarajevo, all the Liga, sorry, out all them. Majority of the, the European leagues, anyway, you know, they won't be starting for another month after that. So this is a time if you're a football fan, you want something to watch, uh, especially if you're in Europe and you're not used to to branching out uh, into you know leagues outside of Europe. This is your time to get involved. It's it's a time to get your daily fix of football or weekly fix, should I say, at the weekends. Um, and yeah, you're you're bound to see a lot of uh, fireworks on the pitch. Uh, I mean. Manu, we've, we expressed obviously on the first podcast just how refreshing the league is, uh, really. But, uh, I mean, there's, there's some entertaining fixtures as well for the first week and, uh, the weeks following that actually. A few that we wanted to point out more for European listeners because the, the American listeners, the, the timings are a little bit easier and that, you know, the, the games are on the TV for them. So it's a little bit easier for you guys to, US, you'll know, get access to it. But in Europe, it's a little bit trickier. The games are on a bit later. Um, But we, we want to point out the games that are, are going to be easier for you and, well, you know, give you a reason to watch them, really. I mean, Manny, what, what can you pick out from uh, week one that you would advise people to check out? Uh, why is that?
2: Well, it's the, the Sunday game. Um, I guess it's the 23rd of July, right? Um, that's That would be Pumas against Pachuca. And I'm saying this because this game will be at 10am my time which is on the pacific coast i, I guess i am currently in munich but i will be back in vancouver victoria area at that time so that's going to be 10am on sunday my time which means it's 6pm in the united kingdom 7pm in europe um perfect time to watch some football and i think this is going to be a very entertaining game to watch i mean pumas has been a side that uh, started very well to the Clausura and then fell off the deep end dramatically, poorly. Um, it was probably the biggest disaster in the second half of Mexican football. Let's don't don't kid ourselves here. And Pachuca who won the Concacaf Champions League, so that's that's going to be a very good match to watch. Um, yeah, that's it. So a-
0: I mean, we kind of said the Pachuca are going to be in the yeah. uh, the World Club Cup, so this would be a way of uh, maybe checking them out before they get to that later later in the year, you know? Absolutely, a, but a, a very strong side, right? I mean, they they didn't have the best um, second half uh, to the season uh, because they were mainly focused on that uh, Champions League uh, competition, weren't they?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think this is this is going to be a very entertaining game to watch. Be interesting to see if. uh Lozano is still going to be here with Pachuca. You know the transfer window is obviously still going to be open for another six weeks, so he could actually start in Mexico and then move on afterwards. I think the big decision maker on that will be uh, his his uh, Confederation Cup performance. But yeah, that's that's a great game to watch. But um, another interesting one actually, and that's the three o'clock kickoff my time, five o'clock kickoff PM kickoff, of course, in Mexico, and. Um, that's 11 o'clock kickoff in the United Kingdom between Lobos, the newly promoted team that we really don't know much about it because they like came out of nowhere and won promotion against Santos Laguna, a side that I really like. So that's another one to tune into and a great match to watch when you come from the home from the bar, I guess, you know, UK time, 11 o'clock, hot summer night. You won't be able to sleep anyway, so you might as well turn on some Mexican football and uh, lift the action. So that'd be a fun game to tune into. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think you're absolutely right
0: with those uh, with those uh, two fixtures to pick them out. I mean, uh, we don't know much about Lubos, but you, you know, sometimes those newly promoted sides can take that momentum, can't they? They can come up as strong. as sign quite a few players in the draft. And I suppose we, they're a bit of an unknown quantity to, to a degree. Um, uh, you know, Santos have had a bit of an up and down time. Uh, you know, last year, especially towards the end of the year, they, they finished with third from bottom. So they you know, this is probably the, the best uh or one of the best fixtures that Lubos could have maybe drawn, especially at home, right? Um, with the Pumas game against Pachuca, I mean, obviously you mentioned that Pumas had uh, you know, a terrible end to the this, this season, uh, but their manager, uh, Palencia, some of which I uh, thought would get the boot, actually. It's, uh, you know, he He's had spells at your know, Barcelona, you know, kind of learning of the coaching there. He plays a very um, direct attacking football, so, you know, it's a, there's a a, a, should be a very entertaining game in itself so man, i I couldn't agree more and that there are two times at least in the uk if you're a football fan you're going to be coming home from the pub to watch one at 11 o'clock or the <laughs> the one on the sunday you know you can't have you know after you've had your roast you know so
2: it's 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 going to be uh two good games two good times and yeah you're not going to be sleeping anyway it's the summer right no, I, I mean I'm gonna tune in, but I'm in, I'm in the time zone. But I would tune in if I was in Europe too because it's, it's a convenient time. And I mean, when I when I look at that Sunday fixture, it it tends to be a good game because when I go down these the schedule list, um, you know, match day two and three, it's going to be Toluca. They're gonna get two home and home fixtures, um, but they're playing Leon, which is an, is an interesting side to watch, and then Atlas um also at 12 o'clock so toluca was actually a very good a very fun side to watch then of course you get to see uh pumas on match day four again on a sunday toluca gets that slot a lot actually as i'm scrolling down there seems to be um a site that gets that probably has to do something with the television deal but yeah i, I mean it's, it's going to be interesting uh the this, this, this schedule it's only, of course, only out till match day uh, five. After that, it's um, we don't quite know. Match day six, the, the times aren't in yet. Match day seven, we have Toluca again at 12. It must definitely have something to do with the, the television deal that they have. I actually would look out, if you're in the UK, match day eight um, is is Pumas against uh, against Club Tijuana. That's going to be a game, a big one. Um, for, for you know, new evening fixture in the United Kingdom when the Premier League is all dust and wrapped up. That's a fun one, going to be a big big match to watch and a fun one to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that that's a great show, really. Um, I had kind of mentioned that uh, before the podcast, didn't I, um, about uh, a fixture that I think could be great, but it may well be... Uh, well, may, may all be over at that stage. And, and that was the last, uh, match day. So match day 17, which will happen 17th, 18th, and 19th of November. Uh, you're going to have a big game against Monterey, who have heavily invested. They look like they're going to be really something so exciting this year mm. coming up against Tigres. Uh, wow. And, and I mean, Tigres. you know, they're full of superstars as well. And that That's actually a classic goal right there. Uh, I would imagine both teams will be in the Ligia. Probably, uh, if I had to make a prediction now, they'll be in there and probably qualified, and maybe the uh, the result won't matter as much as it could. But I don't think either of the teams will take this one uh, lightly, to you?
2: Yeah, well, remember, this year, uh, the Ligia was anything but wrapped up at this stage, so don't be too surprised if there's still a lot of, like, Still, this could be actually a very decisive match, and um, having this set up on the last match um, day—definitely no coincidence there. Yeah, exactly. That
0: somebody's somebody's got uh, some type of involvement there, haven't they? And they've they've made Mm -hmm. that one happen. But yeah, that that'll be another one to keep your Eyes on. So that's Monterey versus Tigres. Uh, we're going to look at um, transfers now. Uh, the, the last thing we'll kind of mention uh, today. I, I feel. Uh, I mean, we, we've seen uh, we've seen two big moves within uh, Mexican football. Not going to uh, Liga MX side, but we, we've seen now uh, one side uh, come to the Bundesliga, haven't we, um, Manuel? Uh, we kind of mentioned that. It's probably a probably a good fit Liga MX and the Bundesliga. You know, uh, for certain reasons, yes, you're going to have players um, are going to leave Mexico and if they go to uh the Liga, yes, it might be culturally similar, you know, the language, uh, for example, uh, maybe even the the weather. But uh, as far as football on the pitch goes, we we kind of said that maybe Dutch football and German football is a closer comparison to uh to Liga MX in style and attacking flair I, th- I think this season maybe especially the second half of the season uh is one of the few times that we haven't seen uh more goals maybe in Liga MX and Bundesliga but that is very very much uh, a rarity and i can see that you're know, turning back to them being the highest scoring leagues uh that, that you could possibly view um this season again at uh, and, uh, one player was as uh, Salido. He, he's, he's, a, he was a Chivas player, uh, was on loan at Fiorentina, uh, last season, but he's now made a move, another loan move to, uh, to Frankfurt, hasn't he, uh, manhood. Well, why, why do you think this is such a good move for the player and, and uh, makes so much footballing sense?
2: Yeah, this was a player, our transfer, that uh, Max Regal, who we had on on the Gegenpressing podcast uh, not that long ago, really asked me about And and, uh, I put together an article today on Carlos Salcido. And um, I personally am a big fan when Mexicans come to German football because I think in the past it's always been a very good fit. I think that uh, the Bundesliga... um, needs those players to be there to compete on the North American market. Remember, we spoke about how Liga MX dominates the U.S. television market. And this is, the, the, you know, they're getting bigger numbers than the English Premier League. And um, the the kind of buzz that Mexican players generate in, in North America with Latin viewers is, is quite remarkable. So, you know, for, for that reason alone, it's, it's a very good move for Frankfurt. But this kid can play. And, um, you know, he did, he did play with Fiorentina, of course, and Paulo Uh Fiorentina fans uh, are not the convinced that he is the right man to bring them forward. I, I tend to agree with them because he didn't get the results. And um, Carlos Sassido played in a difficult environment last year. And I don't think that Mexican players and Italy necessarily always work very well together. I think the... High-pressing, high-tempo football that you see in Liga MX uh, makes it easier for you to try trans- in a playing style, try and make the transition to Germany. Of course, there's the language barrier. German is a extremely difficult language to learn. Um, but that said, that's not going to be a major issue for him, right, Bryce, with Marco Fabian already at Eintracht?
0: Yeah, that's it. Marco Fabian, you know, anyone that's a Bundesliga fan or Mexican football fan will know just how great a player he is and how influential he is for Frankfurt. Uh, Frankfurt very much um, had a torrid uh, second half of the season but that kind of uh, fell in line with him being injured and when he came back they looked a much more deadly side. Uh, and you, you're you really a really big fan of him, aren't you uh, Manu? And uh, I think um, being a into the Bundesliga, it's hard not to really appreciate what he's got. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, uh, Italian football, yeah, they're a bit more disciplined. You know, as, as you said, you know, they may end up sitting a, a bit deeper and, you know, Bundesliga can be um, a, a bit more attacking, a bit more uh, free flowing, I, I, I suppose, whether, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a good, move for him and a good move for, uh, for Frankfurt, really. Um, if, if we move on to the other, uh, big transfer, uh, that, that's happened in the last few days, we've seen a uh, Hector Moreno, um, obviously played numerous times for the Mexican international side, I believe, uh, 79 caps now, if I'm right. Um, but yeah, the, the center back, he's moved from a PSV in Holland, um, a, as we just said, a league that we believe, um, probably quite beneficial for uh for mexican players because of you know just how attacking that is but he's actually moved to roma and yeah i, th- I think roma had a very good year last year a very strong year and i think at the age of 29 this is probably a step up um probably at the right time for him he's he's not getting any younger uh, i think this is his opportunity to go to uh, a bigger side no you know, disrespect to PSV, but a bigger side and, and very much uh, currently a, a, a bigger league. You know, I, I think he's going to learn a lot there. I think uh, Roma have, have got themselves a, a good player. I mean, how, how do you see this move, Manu?
2: Yeah, I would agree with everything you said. Um, you know, the, the one thing Leo here is always here with when you talk to Mexican journalists and um, people that follow Liga MX quite closely is the the fact that they're not happy that there's not more. Mexicans playing in big European leagues so I think a lot of Mexico fans are going to be excited about seeing Moreno play at AS Roma um, because he's going to get big minutes there he's going to play Champions League I believe next season right Bryce
0: yeah that's that's right they are they um, yeah. Roma finished their second in, in Saria and yeah it should be an, an exciting year for them I mean the they've just got a, a new manager as well it was kind of linked mm. uh, on the Giga Press and a uh, podcast we kind of mentioned that it, 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 they were linked for a little while with uh, Thomas Tuchel but that didn't seem to uh, happen so um, yeah I, I do, don't see why they, they can't have an exciting year next year and yeah I, th- I think it's a, a great move personally for the player
2: Yeah I would totally go along with that I think every time you can have that Champions League experience it's going to help your career and it's going to help you know as as a person as a player, um, to make a step forward, and I think Mexican fans are going to be very excited about that because when you when you take a look back on Mexican football, the the players that played the big minutes in the Champions League, of course you have Chicharito, um, but as a defender, Rafa Marquez, of course, comes to mind, right? Who is now back at Atlas in Liga MX. He played with Barcelona for many years and really became probably the biggest name for quite some time in Mexican football. So you, they need that. They need to have some players that can get the experience for them and to to bring you know the the level of the national team forward. Because the the as good as Liga MX is, and this is probably something that we're going dis- to discuss in a pod in later on, right, Bryce? Is the fact that lack of competition inside their in confederation, the regional confederation. And what I mean with that is that when you compare it to Europe, you know, where you have the Champions League, um, the big German sides, they will have to compete against the big Italian, French, Spanish, and English teams. And um, even in South America, you have the, the Brazilian, the Argentinian teams, et cetera, competing against each other. The the one big problem that the uh, game X has, they they pulled out of the Copa Libertadores because of scheduling conflicts. And inside North America, there's only MLS, which is quite a step below their own competition. So the the problem they have they have their own league, which is very strong, a very good league, but they don't really have that ability to to get very much challenged on an international stage. So th- some players will have to go abroad to get it there.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and I think uh, Rafa Marquez became a better player for his time in, in Europe, you know, with Bar- the likes of Barcelona. Uh, but I, th- I think it also says a lot that you know he's he's still the national team captain, and he's 38 years old. I mean. I think I think yeah, it's the, the MLS is improving all the time. I mean, manu you, you see more of the MLS there than the likes of uh, myself, uh and you tune into it a bit more. It's it's getting stronger and stronger, but I, I feel that this is only gonna be a, a benefiting uh factor for Mexican football to make, make the players and make the teams uh better and they're gonna benefit from that. So so yeah, they need to get more players uh, abroad. I I think it's to a competitive environment learn that experience learn a different style of football uh, it's it's going to it's going to promote i think better players to come through but also a better national side as well uh, i mean i suppose the, the thing is that you you've got a lot of youth players haven't you come through i mean uh, we're, we're always talking about um chucky um moving to a the league and it looks like that may be the case now the draft's over club america came in with i believe 20 million uh dollars to try and uh, take him away but uh, that didn't quite happen so i'd imagine that we may see him start the league but then probably move over to europe and is it a bad thing yeah it's a shame to to lose him from liga mx but actually it's going to be a good thing for mexican football in the long run isn't it
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think so. You know, there was a couple of big teams, uh, Club America and Chivas that really wanted him. Didn't happen. I think he needs to go abroad. And that can only be a good thing, as you said. Yeah,
0: that's it. But um, yeah, Manu, uh, before we wrap it up, is there any news on where Fernando Torres is? Has has he been (laughs) spotted in Mexico yet?
2: Yeah, I guess Fernando Torres is on the beach. Um, I, this transfer is not that. So keep your eyes peeled on that. I think uh, what they really have to do, they have to kind of figure out a way with the Atletico Madrid, the, the cast, right? The fact that they have a transfer ban makes it a little bit difficult because they don't, of course, want to lose him. But um, keep your eyes on it. I think this, this transfer is still very much a possibility and um, could be the one of the transfer stories on in the world, but definitely the transfer story in Mexico.
0: Yeah. Uh, your gut feeling, what's it telling you going to happen or not?
2: It has to happen. Come on. That'd be <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> be brilliant. But would it be as big as Ronaldinho to Qutara?
2: Ronaldinho was already fed, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Torres is still in shape at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think it'd be bigger. Um, just about because of the skills that he brings. So uh, I would love to see this.
0: Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to definitely, uh, Definitely be keeping an eye on that since yeah, fingers crossed that that happens, I think it'd be great for the league. We talked about uh, players leaving the league and you know, being good for the Mexican football, but this could be good to another degree for Mexican football by big stars coming in, the likes of uh Zignac, uh and that have you really helped to promote the league in the last few years. But um yeah, I think we're gonna wrap it up there. I I think um Manu's gonna go off to uh Russia uh cover the Confederation's cup. Let's hope with uh you know Mexico can push on. Uh, you'll get to the knockout stages and then you guys will be able to uh, cover them as well and they they kick off their tournaments uh, against uh, Portugal and uh, yeah Manu is, is there anything you'd like to uh, promote or, or say bef- before you um, we wrap this up and you go off to uh, Mexico on Friday
2: Mexico, <laughs> go off Russia. to Russia eh? <laughs> Mexico on the brain, Russia on the mind um, no just make sure to check out all our podcasts for, um, they're all on ACAS Football Grad Network we'll cover the Confederations Cup a lot over the next two weeks that's going to be our main focus I think everyone on the Football Grad team in one way or another is going to be involved whether they are there or not and I think that's that's probably not a bad thing. Uh, so we have all the, the single game previews. Well, The podcasts will come, of course, from Russia. They will keep going. Game pressing will be recorded, as usual, on the weekend. I will be just recording it from Russia. We'll do video work. Andrew Flint and I will do try to do podcasts. Um, we have a very very ambitious aim to get an interview with Cristiano Ronaldo. Although Andrew will get some, we'll try to get some tax advice from him, which is probably not the smartest thing in the world to do at the moment. So, <laughs> good luck so, with that. Good luck with that. But Andrew lives in Russia. I don't think he ever pays taxes anyways. So, um, yeah,
0: we're, we're going to be hit by Mexicans and Russians uh, after this <laughs> podcast. I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, check check it out. Football grad live. It's our Twitter feed. Um, go find us there, and uh, of course, you know you can find myself at Manuel and we'll be pushing out tons of content over the next two weeks. Yeah, of, of, of
0: course, there's going to be always lots going on at, at football, Grad, uh, football Grad Live that is on Twitter as well. There's, there's going to be lots of game coverage uh, and other articles. And if any big news happens in football, you'll probably find it on there. Um, I've been your host, uh, Bryce Dunn. You can find me on Twitter at... Rice done 11. But yeah, until uh, next week, um, we're, we're going to bid you farewell there. Thank you very much for tuning in. And yes, uh, put those Liga MX uh, dates in your diary. They're out now. Check them out. Speak to you soon.
1: Imagine if you could shop the shelves of all your local liquor stores at the same time? Well, spoiler alert, you can with Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code SAVE5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's drizl dot com. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right?
0: Do you love watching live TV but are tired of your huge cable bill? Sling TV has the same top cable channels for as little as half the price, so you can save hundreds of dollars while still watching your favorite sports, news, reality TV, and more. Ditch cable and get Sling's total live streaming solution with free local channels. Setup and installation are included. Make the smart choice and switch to Sling TV. Get the best of cable for the best price. Learn more at sling.com cut cutcable. That's sling.com slash cut cable. Set up an installation included with $49 down and $20 a month for 12 months. Restrictions apply.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.